I'm getting ready to take a disco nap when Suki, Tasha's cat, starts to whine. I look at the clock. Almost 6.30. She's not fed till 7. I've gone out the past several Fridays, and most Saturdays, and a few Sundays, and the truth is I'm a little bored with the scene, though some new developments have made it more interesting. And I haven't hung out in a while with CB, who's driving in from Connecticut, so that'll be nice. But it's been a long day, capping a long week, and I'm not going to do anything if I don't get some sleep. And Suki, who can scream like she's dying of feline leukemia, isn't about to let that happen. You win, I tell her, coming out of my room. I dump some science diet from mature cats in her bowl, then head back to my futon. CB buzzes at nine. I'll wait for you in the car, he tells the intercom. CB has this thing about cars. His last one was stolen while he was having dinner with me, as it happens, and this one's been broken into three times in six months, so maybe it's justified. Downstairs, I notice the absence of his current beau. Where's Jay? I ask. Jay's at home, CB tells me. I met Jay at a birthday party a week ago. I'd heard about him for weeks, how he'd grown up on a ranch in Montana, how he met CB the first time he walked into a gay bar, how he'd been engaged to a woman who was now back in Montana. As a phenomenon, Jay fascinated me. The young gay man upon first coming out. Though only twenty-two, a year younger than me, at the party, Jay had seemed like a teenager, hanging his head, smiling a lot but not talking, hiding behind CB. When he thought no one was looking, he'd put his hand on the back of CB's neck and let his fingers play over the skin. When I saw that, I remembered CB telling me that Jay had gone home with him without even a kiss first. I thought both actions stemmed from Jay's nervousness about being gay. Well, actually, he told me at the birthday party, I don't like to label myself. But then I remembered something else CB had said. At his house, CB had tried to kiss Jay, and Jay had pushed him away. How do you get AIDS? he'd demanded. So instead of sex that first night, they'd had sex ed. Jay told me the other night that he's definitely gay, CB tells me as we drink rolling rocks and drive through the park. But I don't think he's ready for this. No, I have to agree, he's probably not. In 1984, HIV was identified as the cause of AIDS, but despite this fact and the concomitant discovery that transmission of the virus could be prevented through fairly simple modifications to sexual activity, i.e. safe sex, in 1985, Ed Koch closed New York City's bathhouses, sex clubs, and backrooms, heterosexual as well as homosexual, to be fair to his honor, in the name of preventing the spread of HIV— and for the past six years, public sex has been pretty much absent from New York. But David Dinkins defeated Koch in the 1989 Democratic primary, then defeated Rudy Giuliani in the 1989 general election, and almost as soon as he took office in 1990, things began to relax. Now, Limelight, a Catholic church-turned-nightclub, has decided to test the waters by opening a back room at Mea Culpa, its Friday night party. 
The sex room is located in what used to be the friary, so people aren't doing anything there that hasn't been done before, except perhaps dancing. As a college student in New Jersey, I'd read Guy Trebay's account in the Village Voice of the last days of the mine shaft. I'd read Edmund White's description of alfresco sex on the West Side Piers in Nocturnes for the King of Naples, and Andrew Holleran's Tales of Hedonism in the Everard Baths in Dancer from the Dance, and Larry Kramer's debauched description of same in Faggots. It's not that I wanted to visit a sex club. I felt compelled to. The gay identity I was adopting as both a man and a writer was epicurean, libertine, and quite possibly not good for me. In lieu of...